Why don't you just tell him what's really on your mind? I'm so tired of this. Jeremy, will you please speak up? I can't understand you. I gotta get out of here. Hey, retard, she said speak up. That's it, Jeremy. That's all you can take. Now finish the problem. Jeremy, what are you doing? Everybody, welcome to Generation Loss, a show about movies featuring Bryn and Jeremy. That's right. We should do it as like one of these days. We should do like you should make up something that actually makes sense. No, no, <laughs> God, no. God, I meant we no. should do Why one of those ones that? like um, how they do on like Radio Lab, where it's like oh, like make a fun like. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm, oh, no, no, no. You're saying like, uh, hello, is this on? Like, uh, uh, and, Jed and, then, and Robert? Then you say Bryn and then I say Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should just start doing that. We should just start Bryn, doing that. Bryn, Jeremy, generation Bryn, loss. Jeremy, generation loss. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get right into it. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much, G- so much to tell you. I <laughs> have. <laughs> Did you see Jad Avenrod is stepping down as host? No, I didn't see that. It's the 20th anniversary of Radiolab. And he was just like... Because he started in 2012. Um, no, 2002 if it's the 20th. Sorry, sorry. 2002. Yeah, he started in 2002. It's funny because I, I knew that when it, when I started listening to it that there had been like seven years of it or whatever. Um yeah, but it was not on NPR. It wasn't on WNYC. It was like shittier and like oh, he'd interesting. Been, he'd been doing it like without Robert. Okay, um, so it started in like w- Robert joined the show and it was on WNYC in like two thousand eight or nine or something. Yeah, I was gonna say like I remember getting into it and then like listening back to the backlogs and it being like a year's worth of shit or something like that. It wasn't yeah. that much. I I remember like going on the Reddit and like someone had dumped like all of the original like mm-hmm. i don't know 100 episodes or whatever and it was jad and was the like, originator yeah huh jad started it he's the so younger he started, one right mm-hmm. um he started it in 2002 and he was just like yeah it's been 20 years so <laughs> i'm you know you guys don't really need me anymore like i feel like i'm gonna he's like still gonna be on the show he just won't be like the host mm-hmm. of the show and Robert, I think, has been on and on. I don't really listen to the show anymore. Yeah, I haven't listened once to it in they, years. Once they started like doing whole episodes where it's like refugees, and it's like you guys aren't capable of reporting on this in a way that makes any sense. Yeah, and you don't like, like you do, tell like, me about aerogels or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the the key the key thing for Radio Lab, the sweet spot for Radio Lab is like. And I have a soft spot for this because my old choir director was in this episode, but the one where they talk about colors and 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 the mantis shrimp. Yeah. So my old choir director, his choir was the one that sang the the mantis shrimp bit. Yeah, that was a good one. Although Um, it's funny because that was disproven. Oh, really? That the mantis shrimp has all those cones and rods that it can 
feasibly see, but like the way its brain works, like it can't actually process. That but like a couple so of much. them. <laughs> that sucks, man. I really like. I when I was a kid, Sorry to Neil deGrasse Tyson. That to no, it's like when I was a kid. I think I've told this story before. That like I was I was a painter, right? I grew up painting and drawing, and I was really avid, yeah, yeah. artist. And I remember telling a teacher at some point like my dream like you'd ask like what's your dream you know what do you want to do with your life what do you what do you want to be when you grow up and i was like i want to i want to discover a new color and he was like that can't happen (laughs) that's impossible and i was like what do you mean and he's like this is not how it works (laughs) (laughs) it's not how like color works (laughs) you know (laughs) like if it exists it exists and you see it and like there's no like because I think in my mind, I pictured I would like fall into, I'd be like in like the jungle, you know, (laughs) (laughs) cutting like vines and whatever. And then I'd fall into a cave and like be surrounded by like glowing rocks that are like a color that nobody's ever seen before. And like, like, whoa, I just like, that was so funny. You just, as you said, whoa, like you just opened up a new window (laughs) on your computer and it like flooded your face with light. Yeah, I actually opened up the page for the Wikipedia page for International Klein Blue. Hilarious. Uh, which is a color that Yves Klein invented um, mm. and and named. Uh, so that's not really what I was picturing. Right? No, no. You were picturing the the scene from uh, Chronicle where they get superpowers. <laughs> uh, Definitely. Uh, well, that's a shame. But yeah. no, yeah, it broke really my little is, heart. I'm so sorry. I hope you find a new color. <laughs> you might. Maybe you'll. The last thing you'll do is like you'll go to a weird like nuclear power plant in Queens, and like something will blow up, and you'll. Last thing you see is a, a new color. I was gonna say like <laughs> I feel like seeing a new color would just like snap your brain. Like, yeah, it, you it wouldn't would be, be able to process it. It would be Lovecraftian. Yeah, you, just, you would. It would be like seeing an elder god, and you just lose it. <laughs> You really, yeah, I can't even imagine, like, what that, like, the, what would that do to your brain? Just go blind. Yeah. You'd be, like, one of those, like, old guys in, in Central Park, just, like, painting. People would be like, what happened to your eyes? Like, I saw a new color. <laughs> That'd be cool. A good, cool story. Damn. Uh, but what, have you seen anything new recently? I have, yeah. I actually watched a bunch of stuff this week. Um... I two Tell movies that I really wanted to talk about. Although I also watched through all of, um, I watched all of How to with John Wilson. Oh right, because you hadn't even seen the first season. I had only seen like, a couple episodes of the first season, okay. um, and so now I'm all caught up on it. Love it, fantastic show. Don't want to talk about it. Uh, right. The other thing <laughs> I watched a bunch of this week is I started watching the action button reviews. Very compelling stuff. Really compelling enjoyed stuff. it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know yeah. shit about any of these games basically, but I really enjoy it. If you aren't a Patreon subscriber, last week on the Patreon, I I discussed and told Jeremy about Action Button Reviews, Tim Rogers. Uh, we accidentally almost slandered Tim's name. Uh, but, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge news, by the way, for folks who care about such things. <laughs> it was not Tim. It was a different yeah. person. <laughs> Tim, no, we've not. Neither of us have met Tim. Yeah. Uh, we don't know him. We've, he's probably a perfectly nice person. Yeah. Um, so uh but yeah what do you oh so so the things i watched this week i watched um i rewatched uh the life aquatic with steve zisu um which oh, okay 
uh, is it, it's uh, for folks who haven't seen it. It's a Wes Anderson movie. I believe his fourth. Third. Oh, wait, Bottle Rocket. Uh, no, wait. Rushmore. Yeah, Bottle Rocket, Rushmore, uh, Royal Tenenbaums, and then I think, yeah. And, and then, then Life Aquatic. Yeah, so it's his fourth feature-length film. Um, I think it has gotten a reputation over the years that it does not deserve. Um, what? As a good movie? As a bad movie. I think what? people think that it's one of the lesser Wes Andersons. Wrong. It's That's a wrong opinion. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I watched it uh, this week, and I have to say, I think it's even possibly his best movie. It's definitely up there. I, for, for up until... Up until Grand Budapest, I think I would have said it was my favorite. Yeah. It's, um, it, since I saw it. And it it's funny that you compare it to Grand Budapest because that's what I wanted to say is that I think that part of what... Uh, I think part of what gave it this perception among certain people is that it is a it is a broadly appealing Wes Anderson. It's a it's a Wes Anderson movie that an average person who doesn't usually watch Wes Anderson movies can flip on and be like, damn, this is a fun movie. Cool movie, yeah. Whereas, you know, I just watched um, The French Dispatch and I was like, I don't think anybody who doesn't like Wes Anderson will like this even a little bit. This is so <laughs> fucking dull. And uh-huh. I don't know. Life Aquatic is like it's it's so compelling. It's so snappy. It's funny. It's like the aesthetic is just impeccable. It's different from his other movies aesthetically. It has like a more consistent like color palette and like mm-hmm. just overall the vibe is very strong. Having the dude playing the David Bowie songs is really fun. Um, and the thing I wanted to say too is that like it's it's the only one I can think of where the aesthetic is so strong that like people still to this day beg Adidas to make those fucking sneakers. They, they did. still want those fucking sneakers. They only ever I, make them like limited edition. They like I bet you if they made just a commercially readily available oh, yeah. Zisu sneaker, they would sell do that. them forever. Well, they would never do that because they're smart. But <laughs> I I when I was when this movie came out, I think I was. 14 or 15 mm-hmm. and uh i had was begging my parents because i i found them on on ebay for like 300 bucks mm-hmm. and i was like please was this please the beginning of your have. sneaker obsession no i was already into sneakers oh, I, okay. I was i was into sneakers when i was a little little kid like oh, I, okay. I had uh scotty pippen's shoes Ooh. i had uh air up tempos uh i was I, i've always been into sneakers um but I mean, all, even all through like high school and college, even as my like style was changing and like I was becoming more like snobby or whatever, I was like, mm-hmm. if there was a special sneaker, oh my God. But <laughs> I also had the hat. I ha- I used to wear around the, the oh, red, the red hat. hat. Said Zisu on with the little patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, that's how I uh, met Jason Schwartzman in Amoeba Records. Hmm. He stopped me and he's like, where did you get that hat? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what, you can't just get Wes to give you one? <laughs> um, that was a fun time. It was. A, it's a beautiful movie. It's I, a really. I was a it's a fantastic huge movie. fan of that movie. Um, yeah, super, super good. Uh, really enjoy it. If you are one of those people who thinks of it as a lesser Wes Anderson, I recommend giving it another try. Uh, yeah, watch it again think- and, and consider maybe that you have become biased against it <laughs> out of some desire to keep Wes as your little secret or whatever uh, <laughs> and you should uh, let that go people <laughs> I've, I've read criticisms ranging from uh, 
the 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 animation is like too cutesy and lame no that's uh, stupid and wrong incredibly wrong and stupid <laughs> uh, it looks awesome it's cool uh shut up uh <laughs> to that like the performances are too stilted nope uh, wrong and also <laughs> incredibly wrong it's like one of his most poignantly emotional films about yeah, i was gonna say who- like there's a lot more dynamism in people's performances than i generally tend to like especially like following up royal tenenbaums like that one everybody is super deadpan in except for like yeah um ben stiller is a little bit more dynamic but everybody else is pretty fucking deadpan in that movie whereas like uh bill murray is pretty pretty up and down in this uh um owen wilson you know he's he's a west puppet he's always going to be a west guy uh but um, Willem Dafoe is so, so fucking funny, and he's so broad. Yeah, <laughs> he's crazy. Uh, I'm just Jeff laughing, Goldblum. remembering shit he says right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Goldblum gets a lot to do, even though you oh, see yeah. him like he's when so he gets funny. up and fucking hits the dog with the paper. <laughs> so good. This that movie is really funny, and probably his most tearjerker, mm-hmm. like in both of the obviously like big tear jerking scenes but then when they see the shark it like means so much and it's imbued with so much emotion and i i i think that's the that's the pinnacle for me of well i mean i i think he even upped himself in grand budapest yeah um but to me i just i think it's people are just not i just don't i feel like we're watching the wrong this a different movie sometimes where i'm like it had it creates a world so perfectly like it's and i think i get where people are coming from as he started to like make scenes out of toys you know like like in grand budapest there's stuff where it's like he'll zoom out and like the car will be a toy or whatever it's like a right. fake you know practical effect which i think looks cool but i get that it's a little too much for and it takes them out but in this movie they're just on a boat like it's a it's a movie where they're on mm-hmm. a real boat you can f- feel the fucking salty breeze. There's real sailors. Yeah. It's, you know, and I mean, there is a part where he, they, they do a cross section of the boat and he shows you it all. But like, that's just, that's not, that's not how the movie works. Mm-hmm. You're really on the boat the whole time. Except for there are a few sequences where they use that cross section, but those are fun. Oh yeah. And it's mm-hmm. a fun time having them walk through all the different rooms like that and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I mean, when you, it's like, the movie is so grounded in places like when there's deaths of certain characters, uh, when people have real arguments, like, or when he like pulls out his gun and the pirates come. Yeah. Like those sequences are so grounded and like almost verite, um, that it breaks his whole like facade of like creating this cutesy world. And I think makes those moments even more poignant. Yeah. Um, I think it's amazing. So I, I, I feel like people are stupid. I don't know. They just don't, wrong. they just, it, it, they <laughs> yeah, watch I mean, movies for, <laughs> wrong. They watch movies wrong. Uh, I, I, I really think that people are so trained to crave like realism or like some sort of like fictional idea of like what real people are like, mm-hmm. which is already heightened and weird in most movies anyway. Like no one ever says that about Scorsese movies, which I think, 
just as much as Wes Anderson, Scorsese is making a completely fictional world where, yes. you know, everyone wears these 70s clothes and talks like this and has cigarettes and everyone's there's like this weird hierarchy of need. It's like all that shit is fake. You just believe it and like it more. Yeah. And like we have boomers who will look at it and be like, that's what it used to be like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I wonder now that I'm thinking about it, how fucking funny when we're like in our 50s, it, like I'm going to start telling Nico, we're going to watch like Wes Anderson movies. And I'm going to be like, that's what it used to be like. That's what, <laughs> that's what, that's what the early 2000s were. The like. early 2000s, people Everyone, talked like this. <laughs> they all dress like that. <laughs> Excellent. I love this. I'm definitely going to file this away to do. Yeah, just like start making a collection of people where they're like weird and stilted and depressed, like Garden State, and being like, this is how it was. This is how it was. People talked like this. Everyone was like. Uh, So then the other movie I watched this week, I really want to bring this up. Go ahead. I watched um, uh, Pig with Nicolas Cage. You swore you would never watch that movie. I swore I would never watch it. Multiple times on this show. I was broken down. By your wife? By my fucking wife. (laughs) (laughs) I was broken down. We watched it. Uh, And I have to say, everything that I've said about that movie, I don't remember what I said about it, but I can guess what I said about it, was absolutely right. That movie sucked big time. (laughs) (laughs) One of the worst movies I've watched in a long while. (laughs) Really? Really stupid ass movie, man. God damn. It's so from what I hear about it, it is that it's it's functionally John Wick where John Wick is a limp wristed person who can't actually do anything and has no power and yes, just cries. And he at doesn't his dog. kill a single person and they don't explore any of the fun stuff. And uh like there's a scene so okay, so it's about a guy who has a truffle pig and somebody comes and beats him up and steals his pig and uh yeah. he goes on a quest to find the pig. Uh, and, um, he goes back to Portland, Oregon, where he used to be the shit. And he was like a big time, uh, chef and everybody loves and respects him, but he's been gone for 10 years. And so some people are like, fuck you. You don't mean shit in this town anymore. And some people are like, oh my God, it's the legendary chef. And, uh, uh, it's all about him trying to like navigate this world of people who kind of remember him and, and using clues to like find his pig or whatever. But like, they a never give you clues that are good enough for you to do anything with so like you don't have the fun oh. experience of being like ooh like this and this equals this you know like you don't put it together even a little it's not bit a re- it's not a real mystery it's not a real mystery for you it's a mystery for him um right it's not like the kid detective cuz this is right. thematically yes, it's not like the kid like- detective at all it sounds a lot like the kid detective thematically where it's someone mm-hmm. like sort of i mean even though he hasn't left that town like sort of like refinding their mm-hmm. the people they are interacting with so okay and but then so happens? so the mystery part of it doesn't function um there's like all these john wick-esque things where like he one of the first things that he takes this kid he has like a kid who he's bringing around with him who like sells truffles who uh he had a business arrangement with and whatever uh but he, he's taking this kid around Portland and he's like, we have to find this secret hotel that like the they demolished the hotel, but the basement still exists. And this guy operates a secret nightclub down there and it's for restaurant workers okay. only. And like and so they go <laughs> down there and it's like a restaurant workers fight club where like the waiters get to beat up chefs. And it's like you bet for how long the chef can like take the beating for. And it's like this whole big scene. Jesus. 
where he has to go in and he has to get his ass whooped for a little while to like gain <laughs> the respect of this guy to get information out of him, whatever. But then they like don't explore that anymore, and you're like, I don't care about at all what's happening with your pig. I want to see more of this Fight Club. I want to know yeah. more about this why world. Why isn't that the movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so anyway, so he goes through this whole thing to try to find the pig, and the ending thing is that he like it ends up that like the father of the kid who he's been doing all of his business with who himself is also a truffle seller uh, is the one who arranged for the pig to be stolen. The pig is dead. And uh, he's like, I'm sorry, I killed your pig. But he learns this. Why did he kill it? It was by accident, I guess. Like in the process of stealing the pig and getting it home, they accidentally like fucked it up too bad and and it died. Uh, But the way that he learns this is that he's like, after all of his trials and tribulations getting beat up and whatever, and, and like, a whole bunch of other shit happens to him. He finally is like, we know who has the pig. I, uh, I know what I have to do. And he literally just sends the kid off to like, go get a whole bunch of groceries for him. And he makes the father a fucking like beautiful dinner okay. <laughs> to like emotionally move him into giving him the pig back. <laughs> That's like the climax of the movie is he makes him fucking dinner. <laughs> Okay. And I guess like the father had like been to Nicolas Cage's restaurant a million years ago with his wife who now has dementia. But it's some whole shit where like they had this meal that they talked about for years and like and and, and cooking John Wick <laughs> cooks him the exact meal and even down to the wine that he ordered that night remembers it and he says to him like I remember every meal I've ever cooked. <laughs> so fucking stupid man like you you gotta be fucking kidding me and that's the climax like, of your movie and then he's like oh shit yeah he I, has I like a fucking guy. a proust moment where he's like oh my god my wife we were in love ah uh, and then he cries and he's like i'm sorry i killed your pig i didn't mean to i killed your pig uh-huh. and then what happens don't even remember i think he just like goes back to the woods and he's like oh that sucks i lost my pig wow I literally think that's how it ends. Seems kind of lame. Yeah, it really sucked. I mean, people were really into that movie, though. No, it's it's bad. Bad movie. Okay. Don't yeah, recommend I, I, it. <laughs> I don't remember really... Even when I thought it was more violent or like more of a you know John Wick ripoff, I was like, why does this movie exist? Why is it yeah. a pig? I don't get it. What did you watch this week? Uh, well, I rewatched The Matrix Reloaded. Okay. Um, which I just wanted to say, we've talked about The Matrix so much on the show. Um, I just want to say it's even better than I remember. Like, I I think that That's Reloaded... That's the second one, right? Yeah, yeah. Reloaded I was always my least favorite one. Mm-hmm. Um, and Revolutions, I think, is also really good. Um watching it this time it 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 feels so much of a piece of the first one like way more than i remember um and there is like a lot of like fun little like more like character banter and character moments than i remembered Mm -hmm. it's like not confusing at all (laughs) yeah there's so much stuff in the second one that like i feel like you almost like in your memory fold into the first one like seeing zion is something that I think of as happening in the first one, but you don't see it. And yeah. like the two like white dreadlock guys, like I don't not in the first one. They're not in the first one at all. No, the, the first fucking one ends. architect isn't in the first one, right? No, that's the second one. Yeah, 
Yeah, the second one is really cool. I, I, I like the texture of the film and just the way it looks is because it's like there are parts that look too CGI. And I, it's funny because I was, I was, I was watching it being like, I wish they would George Lucas this shit. Yeah. Like, with the technology we have now, the couple scenes that really don't hold up, like, could so easily be fixed um, to look nicer that yeah. would just, like, totally elevate the movie. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's a great movie. The Matrix is awesome. I think they're we all love good. the Matrix. Uh, we love the Matrix, folks. Uh, but the movie I watched this week was um, whatever Coen brother, the tragedy of Macbeth, um, mm. which uh, I didn't really know what to expect. I w- what I was hoping it would be was. Uh, so one of my favorite Coen Brothers movie is The Man Who Wasn't There, mm-hmm. um, which not very many people seem to have seen. It's the I one, it's, seen the, it. it's the all black and white one with Billy Bob Thornton where he's like in the 50s and gets accused of like raping a girl and then there's aliens and stuff. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> um, really good, really, really good movie. Um, but uh, I was hoping it would sort of be a return to that kind of style and visually, Buddy is it It, it's so fucking crazy looking i can't even i would just i could just rant how like there's all these references to uh the seventh seal and uh ivan's childhood by tarkovsky like they're just pulling from there's uh, it feels like a cocteau movie if john cocteau had a fucking a bazillion dollars and like cgi Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) um meaning you know just gorgeous high contrast black and white special effects up the every scene is crazy looking um it just looks incredible um i've never really i the weird thing for me is i've never seen macbeth or heard macbeth or read it oh is it I, actually like it's just straight up macbeth right it's straight up macbeth like there's no translation they're just you never doing read Macbeth in school or anything? Oh, I mean, you didn't go to fucking... <laughs> no, well... You didn't read, weird... like, Christian Macbeth? Well, what's weird is is that in high school... Or, excuse me, in, in junior high, uh, me and my friend got really into Shakespeare. Just, like, mm-hmm. um, she just was in love with the Romeo plus Juliet movie and then, like, read Shakespeare and was like, you gotta get into Shakespeare. You gotta like, we didn't, get into it. We didn't read it for school, but, like, we were just, like, getting, like, Midsummer's Night Dream from the library and, like, reading it to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, like, read, I read King Lear as a kid. I read um, that one, but I, I just never Nick got Beth around to Macbeth. is, like, the Beth. best one. I literally didn't know what it was about. <laughs> uh, so I went into it, Not I never even saw the really the cool looking um um who's in that michael fassbender just mm-hmm. a couple of years ago they did a michael fassbender one uh where they used swans in the trailer and it looked really awesome but i never actually got around to watching a macbeth so uh i was really surprised to see the i kept like asking chris i was like why is he why does he want to kill people like <laughs> uh you know like what is going on uh it's all in real Shakespeare language. Um, mm-hmm. So that was really jarring at first. Um, I didn't really know what was going on. I had to like read along with um, the Wikipedia to like sort of get the story. Um, like I didn't understand that Lady Macbeth was sleepwalking and 
she like imagining that her hands couldn't stop being bloody or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like in the movie, but I was yeah. like, what is happening? But there is a moment where there's like a couple moments where uh, Macduff is told that his family has been slaughtered, and the guy's performance is just like out of control. Like, I mean, how are the witches? Di- are the witches good? The witches rule. Uh, it's like this weird lady, but they make her like have the um, like the the movements of a bird. Like she's like constantly like sit like the three of them are like sitting on perches all the time, and like mm. their cloaks are like big wings. Nice. Um, it looks amazing. How and they, fucking like, funny ha- is it that Double Double Toil and Trouble is like from Shakespeare? <laughs> I was like, wait, hey, there's a ton of stuff in the movie where they were just like, oh, I know that phrase. Yeah. Uh, I know all Out of these Out damn phrases. spot like that. Uh, the sound of, uh, full of so- sound and fury signifying nothing uh, is from this. Uh, Out Out Brief Candle is from this. Uh, tons, tons of like literally like twenty things. I was yeah. like, oh hey, oh hey, that thing. Um, How Macbeth has love and hate tattooed on his knuckles. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there was a bunch of stuff that I kept being like, oh, I know that. Uh, and I also had that stupid sort of moment where I was like, you know, this Shakespeare guy can really write sometimes. <laughs> uh, those are just like really like really beautiful and poignant moments because it's like it's kind of hard to get into as a movie if you're not just like completely invested in watching it yeah like the, for the for the way it looks um because i have you know it looks great it is funny um, that like because shakespeare is so old and the language is so weird like it has this academic sort of you know uh vibe to it and whatever and like it's supposed to be for smart people and whatever but like the actual plays themselves like in the time period that they come from, like they were the entertainment level of like a Tyler Perry movie. (laughs) Exactly. No. And that's what's, what's so I've always said that about Shakespeare. And then it's like, I, I do think that he was like operating if there was one guy or whatever, I don't care. But like, I think that the material is operating on like a very high, like interesting level and like, it's important. And I, I think it's cool to study it, but like Romeo and Juliet sucks as a Mm -hmm. story. Like I don't, you know, I don't know why we we keep making that shit. Like it's it's like we're past it now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because he's basically the Spielberg of his time. You know, he <laughs> he he's the fucking uh, you know playing to the cheap seats, like big dramatic overtures. And I mean, he wrote more interesting stuff like Titus Andronicus and and this. This was pretty interesting, I thought. Um, but there's some dumb shit. Like Much Ado About Nothing is really stupid. Mm-hmm. Um. Midsummer's Night Dream is really stupid in retrospect. It's cute though. I don't know, but this was a, I don't know. It's a really cool movie. I can't really speak to. I think it's pretty obvious that if you're a Shakespeare head, uh, I can't speak to how good it is. But Denzel is incredible. Francis McDormand is really good. Um, the couple other people, the guy who plays Macduff, is just like outstanding. Um, and it's interesting because they, uh, there seems to be no, like, it's like a sort of gender and race blind casting. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are just like people. Um, but there's a, a like, I feel like half of the cast is black, 
and I don't know if I've ever seen black people do Shakespeare like this. Like outside of like Othello. Right. Like they don't I don't I don't think I've ever seen a Hollywood level like, you know, like Oh mainstream. and um what's his name in um uh Mercutio in Romeo plus Juliet is black, I believe. Right. But generally like Hollywood is very like big budget Shakespeare movies are generally pretty like race. Yeah. A sensitive to the point where they're like, this is all white people. And unless he's black in the play, unless it's a more or whatever, then they are white right. or whatever. And this movie is just like, no, who cares? Like Macduff is black. His wife and all of his children are black, you know, like his, uh, sittery or whatever. His like Denzel's hand is black. And like, it's never mentioned. It's just like, the way it is and it's really cool to see that like the performances are brought something is brought to them because i've seen shakespeare on on stage a lot like i've seen a lot of shakespeare plays mm-hmm. not this one <laughs> i've seen hamlet but you don't really get i don't know there's something about these actors bringing something to this play that just like really was astounding i yeah. thought um, well, this one is not one that you see a lot because of the oh yeah curse. it's a. Uh, it's cursed. It's the Scottish play. I've the been Scottish told. play. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was really cool. Uh, they put it on once at my uh, at my summer camp when I was a kid, and uh, it was the kids. They all put it on, and um, you know it was big doings because everyone was like, "Oh my god, they're putting it on!" Because <laughs> yeah, like it's it's bad luck to say the word Macbeth and whatever, and, yeah. and uh, uh, you know in order to rehearse you have to say it all the time. And, uh, yeah, because it's his name. <laughs> and so the beginning of the play, of course, is the witches. They come out and they do the double, double, toil and trouble. And instantly, literally instantly, one of the uh, witches just like pukes into the cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody is like, what? <laughs> and they just call it. They called it instant. They're just like, all right, what? we're not doing it. Yeah. They, they called off the they show. Did? They did one scene. They did the beginning of the scene. She puked, and everyone was like, "We can't do anymore." <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, then, I, yeah, that's why I've never seen it, and I didn't know the story at all. It's a cool story. I mean, I think that, like, if I'm gonna like arm, you know, be a critic of it as a story, uh, <laughs> I think one thing that's d- tough for me about it is that, like, Denzel or Macbeth, like. Once he hears that he's going to be king, he has to, he decides that that means he has to kill his way to it rather than you know, just he like... He does have to kill his way to it because of the way that the Scottish uh, rules are or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, like, it's, he gets, he has the vision that he will be king. The only way to become king is to kill the king because it's, like, tennis rules. Right. So, I guess the vi- the, the the three weird sisters are just like, you could do it, and it'll work. Yeah, like, they and have so a vision like, okay. of you being king, and so it's like, you know, the only way to do it is to kill everybody, so what the vision is telling you is you will be successful in killing everyone. Yeah. I thought the uh, fucking... Um, I thought the fucking part where they're like, uh, like, you won't stop being king until the trees, like, walk away and stuff, and then, mm-hmm. like, they do because the, they're all coming to kill him and stuff. That stuff is so cool. Like in the movie, it's like the way it looks is just incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> it was surprising. I was like, oh, they're carrying <laughs> the trees. Uh, nice. And then I thought it was lame that that the, the twist for him not being born of a woman is that 
it was a cesarean section or whatever. Like, yeah, whatever. They should have been more specific. They should have said "born of a, <laughs> a pussy." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something. Uh, but whatever, it worked. Uh, it's a cool movie. I I do definitely recommend it if any of that sounds interesting to you. Um, it's very good. Uh, but now on to our regular movie. Yes, that we watched this week. Uh, which was a another you pick. You get three in a row because something fucked up. Um, <laughs> uh, but I have actually been meaning to watch this movie since it came out. Uh, Me too, as it were. And it's, So you've never seen this one either? Nope. Okay. So this movie is called Hell House from 2002, and it's a documentary. Um, I forget who directed it. Uh, <laughs> you can look it up. Uh, but yeah, this is a movie about a, a church in uh, the South, I think. Um, and they, Cedar Hill, Texas. It's directed by George Ratliff. And uh, they invented this thing called the Hell House, which is basically like a walkthrough haunted house. But instead of it being like, boo, it's like, your dad I got an abortion <laughs> and now I'm going to hell. Yeah. Uh, there's like little plays going on as you walk through um, of like shitty things happening to people and then dying from drug overdose or killing themselves and then going to hell. Uh, all with the purpose of scaring you basically into being a Christian uh, and praying with them and accepting God into your life etc etc and that's the story so the we sort of follow a couple different people working on the um on this year's which is um themed uh shit it seems like the theme is the same every year but it's like they called it the the walking dead this year The walking dead uh even though there wasn't very many zombies or anything no there wasn't Um, any at all in fact and so there (laughs) So they're working on it and they're, you know, hiring people and you're kind of mostly focused on this slubby single father mm-hmm. with like three kids, three young girls. Four, four. Four? Uh, yeah, he's a teenager, uh, a, like a kind of like tween boy and then a little girl and a baby. Oh, yeah. And then also a boy that has seizures, a cerebral palsy. Yeah, the baby has cerebral palsy and has seizures and then like you don't really get any sort of insight into the rest of the kids, but the, the second youngest one has something. Cause when he puts him on the bus, he says he has uh, occupational therapy. Oh yeah. 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 So you get these little insights into these people's lives who are, you know, Christian people who are living in Texas and making this thing. And then at the end you get to see the thing and the, the public sort of walking through it and yeah. uh, all of these kids who these like drama queers who are stuck in you know shithole texas like yeah. trying to act who, who uh, certainly <laughs> will in a couple years go off to college and and yeah. fuck a guy and then be Eat like oh wait and, yeah. what <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh that'll happen immediately and um and then uh you see this so yeah that's that's how the movie goes that's basically um, how the movie goes yeah what do you think of it I liked it a lot. I actually really liked it. Um, I think as a documentary film, it leaves a lot to be desired. It doesn't really have the same, like, I don't know. I mean, because it's like, it doesn't have the same 
like dramatic power that Jesus Camp does, which would be like the obvious so, comparison. Yeah, I figure we couldn't like get out of this without comparing it directly to Jesus Camp uh, because they're very similar. But I I liked this movie for not having a f- sort of like as pointed because Jesus Camp, while I think it's it, it's right in its sort of hand wringing over how political. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jesus camp is uh, it also has this sort of like just general disdain for everybody in the film and yes. like very rarely except for the kids obviously but very rarely gives you you know people to be like these are people with real lives yeah that that's are what normal. I was gonna say is like <laughs> so there's like a dramatic weight and power to Jesus camp that this lacks which right. which helps Jesus camp move better than this does um this i feel like is a little like it's a little sluggish and it doesn't really feel like it's very aimed in particular but it does you're right a much better job of humanizing the people involved and like it it it, um in a weird way even though like the hell house itself uh is shit and bad and i don't like it like the movie itself like in a lot of weird ways like I don't want to say it makes a case for religion, but rather like it really pitches very well, like why people have religion in their lives. Yes. A hundred percent. And it's like much the scene more... where the dad, uh, where like the little kid is having the seizure and the dad is like calling out to God for strength. And like the kid comes out of it. And like, I mean, it's you so can't fucking tough. watch that and not be like, <laughs> I like, I get it, man. Like that's fucking terrifying. Your kid's having a seizure right in front of you. You're powerless to do anything about it. And you call out to something else for strength. I get why you have God in your life. I get the power of having something to call out to for strength. Yeah. And one of the things that, I thought that I think you're totally right. That Jesus camp has this sort of like ride that it's taking you on. Uh, but at the end of it is like, I, I feel like this, that movie felt a little more empty because it's sort of a message movie of like, beware of the scary weirdos who are yeah. like per- worshiping Bush. Um, and the emotional part is on you. But in Hell House, there's this sort of like much more subtle and kind of darker thing going on um, because the the Hell House itself, I feel like accidentally makes the case for like nothing being worse than living. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like the what they're showing you isn't hell. What they're showing mm-hmm. you is people going through life and like just having shit lives yeah. and like going through hell on earth and then being like all you have is to hope that when you die, it'll be better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like so point like because, you know, I grew up very Christian and we had stuff kind of like this. Um but it wasn't this was very pointedly like life is terrible like life is a just a slaughterhouse um and we get it why you'd want to kill yourself (laughs) but you can't you got to stay strong you got to believe that if you 
try to make yourself have a better position in this life and like get through it and rely on God, it'll get better later. Yeah. That's kind of the message of the, of the hell house. And it's like, and of the characters that we follow too. I mean, it's this guy just slogging through life with his, with his various disabled kids and like the teen daughter who just like doesn't want any part of him and his wife that leaves him. And then there's also like this really weird thing because at the end, they use like his exact story, I think, like in the Oh yeah, in the like domestic violence thing. <laughs> yeah, which had this weird like act of killing sort of vibe to me where he's just like sitting there crying, watching his like own life happen. Yeah. But it's like But in this did, one he like does the fantasy where he like kills her or whatever. I guess, yeah, or like beats her up or whatever. But it's like he didn't, right? Like that's sort of added to the the fiction of the hill house yeah i assume so yeah i don't think that he killed his wife and got away with it no it's really interesting it's so vague what actually happens yeah because he says like she's no longer with us yeah it's like well she was like seeing this guy online and meeting up with him in the park and other places and now she left she's gone or whatever he literally says says she's no longer with us and it's like what what does that mean what does it mean and yeah i i don't know what that means it's like did you kill her did she run away with the guy but then there was another girl who talked about in like one of the white background like directly to camera scenes she was saying like that she had to uh stay with she she wasn't allowed to see her dad that was a different girl right not yeah not her his daughter i think so yeah yeah that was really confusing too because like all of these people like they just keep like very subtly implying that like their parents were raping them and like uh just like really intense yeah there's one woman who's saying that they're like that she was watching one of the rape scenes in the hell house and she's like or she was acting in it and she was like and then suddenly my rapist came in and i I was acting out a rape scene in front of my rapist and you're like jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) the levels of terror you're going through for this like stupid little fucking play that you do (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah the one that really fucked with me was the suicide one was crazy because it was like she like goes to a rave and she gets raped and then (laughs) she goes home and the devil torments her until she kills herself and then she goes to hell (laughs) yeah and it's like and it's like and and then the morality of that is supposed to be like and that's what you get for taking ecstasy (laughs) (laughs) going to a rave you get getting eternal punishment (laughs) yeah uh and that's it's funny because you really don't get any pushback on anything in the hell house or their ideology or what they're doing basically at all until nearly the end of the movie yeah when these slipknot teens are like (laughs) this is fucking stupid this is a bullshit how dare you say and it's it's really interesting it's interesting but they pick like the least eloquent people they can find (laughs) i feel like that was the only kids that were there like you you have to i mean going to you know things like this in the south like the amount of ki- people who would be in proximity to it enough to care. Yeah. And then like 
and then care enough to say something is extremely small. Like mm-hmm. in North Carolina, the amount of kids I knew he would even be anywhere near youth group, but then have enough like wherewithal to be like, you shouldn't be mean to gay people or like this is an- like this isn't feminist. You're like, you know what they were trying to say in, in those moments are like two guys. It's like two people, you know? So like, I, I feel like that was really realistic. Like they, the fact that they even got one group of kids to be like, they went there somehow. Yeah. <laughs> they went to a church to see a spooky thing and then got mad at the ideology and had the wherewithal to like go up to the pastor and be like, fuck you, man. <laughs> well, and it's like even funnier because it's like they went to the church, got on the spooky hayride to go out to the haunted house yeah. then went up to the pastor and said, fuck you, and then had to get back on the spooky hayride to get back <laughs> to their car, presumably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're sort of, you know, they're correct. Like, <laughs> they are just saying, like, first of all, why do you think it's bad to be gay? Why is that a sin? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, why also, does this girl go to hell for killing herself after she's been raped? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Why would God do that? Why would it be this way? Um and it's really funny because in the uh, in the play itself, or the in the Hell House itself, like a couple of the characters be like, "Why would God let this happen? Yeah. If you existed, why would you let this happen?" I think for a lot of people, that's a pretty good argument. <laughs> like, and they don't really answer it. The answer is just like, "Because tough fuck shit, you, yeah. it's you tough titties, go- and you know, you go to hell. These are the <laughs> rules." <laughs> and it's like, what? It, what <laughs> why is that your that's your pitch. Your pitch is like, God doesn't give a shit about what happens on earth enough to make you. The only thing he cares about is this petty thing of like, you have to acknowledge my son. Right. (laughs) (laughs) If you're nice to my son, then you get to come in. (laughs) You get to hang out with us in paradise. Otherwise torture forever. Forever. (laughs) Yeah. And it's always funny. Cause I, I mean, I just like, yeah, I mean, that was sort of my big, like, this was a pretty weird watch for me because of how, like, I mean, the time and place is all correct, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, obviously not Texas, but like early 2000s, uh, sort of yeah, Christian Yeah, in the South, rights. this type of Christian, yeah. You know, the, the, the t-shirts that they're wearing, you know, the, I like literally had this one butterfly shirt the girl had, like, <laughs> uh it's it was very close to home for me and so it was hard not to be like oh yeah these are like all the reasons why i was just like i this isn't for me anymore like why would this you know like what kind of religion is this that is like nothing matters and all you have to do is grin and bear as you like eat shit for your entire life uh and don't talk about it if you have any problems with this stuff you know it's like just seemed really unhealthy and bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but it is, like you said, at the, on the other hand, has a really, a really good way of showing you that for certain people that have had really bad lives, like the only thing they know what, know to do is to hope that things get better and yeah. like call on something they can't see because, Otherwise, what do you fucking do? Yeah. How do you deal with like you're, you know, you're alone. You're the, you're the sole caretaker to four kids who all have big problems. Like 
this kid is having seizures. You don't know if they're ever going to like get better. You don't know if they're ever going to be okay. You don't know if the next seizure is going to be the one that like fries their brain forever, you know, like, yeah. And all you can do is like hope for the ambulance to get there in time and hope that God can help you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> cause your fucking wife sure is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's either fucked off and is one of the biggest bitches alive or you killed or her. you killed her <laughs> which it definitely feels like happened <laughs> it's very possible uh, um yeah i don't know man i the one thing in this movie that i really love i i like a putting on a show sort of a thing so i was like really yeah. keen on all of the like rehearsals and the casting and stuff i was having a lot of fun with that the thing in this movie that i loved that i loved <laughs> more than anything else that i like I I could just like curl up and just like watch this one sequence over and over again. It's just <laughs> them in that room with all the TVs. Oh, Ugh. the uh, I the love sort of a command room. center. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> a command center, but especially like a like a rinky dink like redneck command center where it's like <laughs> twenty different TVs. <laughs> oh yeah and there's just like a fucking folding table with all these like big fat old tvs stacked on top of each other on top of it and they're all on wheelie computer chairs watching them and like walkie talking around i was like i would oh i would i would uh (laughs) i would hold the signs i would i would i would you know protest outside an abortion clinic if i just got to spend some time (laughs) in the command center with those crts yeah that was one thing that was really touch all of them and get all the different kinds of static static, on your hands and smell it afterwards (laughs) you can just go over and do that to my tv uh uh, it was really interesting how old this movie felt like mm-hmm. the movie is shot on 16 millimeter yeah which feels crazy because i kept trying to imagine like what kind of what are these cameras there they have looking like they're like running around with 16 millimeter like big fucking film cameras and changing out canisters and stuff yeah like you know they had to that means they had to like record sound with like someone is off screen with a boom mic or something or they, like one of the a couple of the guys are wearing lavaliers it's like doing like sound with the, you know, like a guy carrying around the wireless thing. Yeah. But then, no, there's definitely, I mean, there's definitely a boom mic there though, because like, even if everyone, like, even if all your main people are loved, like we get gotta, background yeah. noises, we get other people. Like when the girl's having the seizure, we hear the seizure, you know, like there yeah. had to be a boom mic there. So there's like a, there's like a crew. <laughs> uh, and it's really bizarre that, that to imagine that, um and this guy doesn't have a wikipedia page the director of this doesn't have a click through really yeah and he didn't do anything else i guess i don't think so george ratliff uh but yeah it one thing that um just felt so bizarre to me was how weird it is that this is 2002 it's like post 9 11 but like his computers are crt screens you know like he's like he's got like that the guys like got the two crt screens mm-hmm. and it like looks so old everything looks but that's so what it was old. like i mean that i know but it's weird yeah <laughs> i i don't i don't remember it that way you know like even though it was i know it was uh oh he's done stuff this george ratliff i think he he's did a, i think he, this is a do you think he likes the hell house <laughs> 
No, he said he uh, there uh, there was a there was a a sort of uh, interview or whatever where he said that his the purpose of was just like the purpose of the movie was like examining the Christian right and like sort of showing what goes on in these places. Yeah, um, which is interesting because I didn't really feel like I got much of a political sense of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it seems like, you know, it's not necessarily pro, but it's definitely not negative. It, does, it doesn't show these people in like a, can you believe this light really? It just feels really fair. I think it's just showing it's, it, the only time that you get that is when they just show you the hell house and you're like, oh, yeah. you're just like, Geez, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Up until that point, you're like, oh, it's just like Christian people who, you know, they're a little conservative or whatever, but like they're just putting on a little show. And then like you see it and you're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Also, well, all those dude apt post Alec Baldwin, seeing all those people firing off blanks. I was like, something bad's going to happen. I know. It's so scary. They just like have real guns with blank i mean it's texas so like of course but but i had to remind myself a few times that i was like this is a documentary they aren't setting stuff up for narrative purposes (laughs) (laughs) when the guy is like showing them the blanks with the paper he's like and never one with metal and i'm like oh that's gonna be coming back later and i was like no it's not it's a documentary (laughs) documentary. (laughs) there's another one too when the dad gives somebody his cell phone and he's like give this to the doctor if somebody calls you know he knows what to do uh, I can't have my cell phone on me during this. Um, and I was like, that's going to, something's going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not written, nope. but it is funny that they put that stuff in there. Cause it does feel like it's setting up tension somehow. Yeah. Uh, but it isn't, uh, <laughs> because it's a, a documentary. Uh, but you know, they got that stuff for sure in case something did happen. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so that it would, so, and then someone dies. Um, but yeah, this guy went on to do regular like horror movies, like, just something called Joshua from 2007. The thing that made uh, me think which of which I kind of remember. What if he likes Hell House? Is that the other one that I saw on here is uh, Salvation Boulevard? Yeah, Salvation Boulevard. But it looks like this is critical as well. Yeah, it's a mega church movie. Uh, yeah, does anybody do a pro mega church movie? I bet. I mean, I bet like there's like Hillsong movies or something. Yeah, probably something that's like. That comes from a mega church. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's probably about like the founder of the mega church and how he had a dream to like bring God to the masses and yeah. I mean, there's like a Billy Graham movie or like a Franklin Graham movie hmm. uh, that's very you know like uh, pro Franklin Graham where he's like he was lost and now he's saved again and he's uh, he's a good guy and he you know out there preaching the word for for the masses uh, yeah but usually negative because <laughs> it's like clearly pretty bad um even by christian standards um but yeah I, I it's just it's really sad because you know i i i it's because the hell house is hardly political like the big political things in hell house is abortion mm-hmm. um gay guy and gay guy you know, 
you can argue, I guess, that like drugs, like all this stuff is like useful for, you know, Republican politicians doing like high level eugenics and, yeah. you know, like but it's not... that kind of stuff. But they're not like pro billionaire you know what i mean they're they're not like anti-labor hell house you know they're not like talking about unionization yeah at least if they are they're not it's not in the hell house right and like this isn't like reaching the levels of jesus camp where they're like praying to a cardboard cutout of bush (laughs) and like talking about how they need to do christian jihad and whatever like right um and that stuff i feel like is kind of rare and i think what's interesting is that like you know, Hell House shows that there's these like cultural values that like are controlled by, you know, controlled opposition in, in on the right or whatever. But like in a certain way, like Protestantism as it is exists in the South in the current day, like exists to uh, make people channel energy away from actually changing their situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you're in a situation where you are the single breadwinner for for disabled children, like, you don't, you shouldn't think like, hey, maybe I should get more money or maybe should I, I should have community or like help raising children from my community or the government. Like, those options are not uh, even on the table or discussed. Like, right. you have to rely on God and the church and whatever the whims of the church are. Um, whether you're a rape victim or a gay guy or, you know, you got pregnant or whatever, it's on you. That's between you and God and like <laughs> manifesting that or like channeling that into like a individual relationship with God, like only further made a situation where you're not allowed to ask for anything or think about anything right. other than just like praying real hard and hoping that the next life is better. Um, I couldn't help but think about that when like the Slipknot teens are like yelling at the guy and being like, Hey, I don't make the rules, <laughs> you know? And they're <laughs> That's like, That's the big guy. And they're the kids who like grow up and are like, No, something will be better. <laughs> like we have to do something different, you know? Right. Um, and obviously nothing has changed really, but. Maybe you know, in the next life. Maybe in the next life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. I like the movie. What did you think? Would you recommend it? I liked it fine. I don't know if I would recommend it unless you're like specifically from this culture, I feel like. Ooh. I think that if you don't have the, like if you don't have the the cultural background of this, there's there's more interesting stuff to watch on this topic. Like what? I think the Jesus camp is a more interesting movie, even if it's rarer, even if it's not like, even if it's a little sensationalized, it's at least like a more compelling watch than this. I kind of thought this was a little boring. Yeah. It's slow. And like, you know, I feel like, I think we needed like two, I think we needed two more crews to like go out and film more footage of other people in this community. I feel like we were with that dad too much and not enough yeah. with other people. I feel like it would have been helpful to get a few more people's perspective. Yeah, I would have liked to see at least like there's a one of the guys has a website that he mentions called like 
groovadelic machine yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I wanted to see that. Like, what is your story? Did you used to be into raves? And that's why we do a rave every Hell House. And yeah. like, well, you, you didn't like it. And like, I wanted to see like kids like sort of having fun outside of this and like what goes on in their lives besides the Hell House. And why do you feel the need to do it? Yeah. yeah I, I think they're, it could definitely use more fleshing out of the characters and not simply just seeing the the building and acting of the of the play but i i I think i did not like it i i I liked it i thought it was a cute yeah i liked it fine i just i think in terms of like recommending it to somebody else i don't think i would it's definitely not a run out and see it it's a (laughs) it's a yeah you're you're right it's a you know, if you're particularly interested in this early 2000s conservative Christian Protestant, yeah, I also like think era. it could it would be a good companion piece to that one documentary about weird offbeat haunted houses. Which one? I can't remember what it's called, but it's the one where it's like you see the guy uh, who does like just straight up Abu Ghraib to people. In his fucking garage. Oh God! I don't think I've seen this or heard. Oh of yeah, this. there's a. It was on Netflix for a little while, but there's a guy who like takes you out into his garage and like basically fucking waterboards you. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh, I mean, I think we've talked about that. There's like one in New York that like kidnaps you. Uh, yeah, same idea. But um, uh, yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. Um, I've not heard about this movie. Yeah, I wish I could you, remember uh, the name of it. Is it called Haunters, The Art of the Scare? Yes, that's the one. Okay, I found it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's not... It's special. That's the thing. It's like, I do think there's something uniquely Hell House Mm -hmm. that I don't want to say that it's a bad movie, but it is just so very specific in its time and its place. It's not very relevant to today. Yes. Like, this kind of stuff barely... Like, if I mean, it exists, pr- like, I was thinking about it when I was watching this, that, like, it's it's so antiquated now to think of, like, this type of Christian having the amount of political power they used to have. Like, I don't even think about this type of Christian that much anymore. <laughs> right, because, like, you don't need to weasel your, like, moral and cultural beliefs through Christianity anymore. Like, post-Trump, like, you can just be a bigot right yeah and just be like yeah i don't think we should have immigrants in this country i don't think we should have like i think trans people are disgusting and i want them to not exist like you can just say that (laughs) you don't have to be a christian you can be like a cool you know atheist like epic atheist guy who likes neil degrasse tyson and listens to joe rogan and think that yeah yeah so it's like it's weird they don't seem to be like a political like they agree like the same ideology has ascended i think but uh yeah this particular type of like podunk poor christian it almost feels like if it was more mean it would feel like bad to watch you know because these people are just like sad poor people (laughs) it's just sad (laughs) to watch i think rather than scary or like some depiction of the the christian right or whatever it just feels sad um so yeah interesting little piece i i guess i don't know if i recommend it 
I would say yeah. I'm right in the middle there. Uh, if any of this sounds interesting, sure. It, it's yeah, a, then it's yeah. Sweet... If it sounded interesting, then I recommend it. But if, if it didn't, go, if, then I don't. Yeah, I don't. I <laughs> definitely don't go out and watch it just because we said it. So yeah. Okay. Uh, I feel like we should get into spoiling what's next. I think that's fun. Oh yeah, the what time, is next? I the times, the times you've done it uh, has been fun. Uh, next next month is Black History Month. And oh, we will yes. be watching uh, a, a couple of movies, uh, all all uh, either by oh. black creators or telling black stories. Right. Let's say it like that. Uh, and the, <laughs> let's and the say first it like one, that. <laughs> the first one will be a movie that I haven't seen. Uh, I also haven't seen, and it. I'm very excited to see Hustle and Flow. Yeah. Uh, I know the song. It's hard out here to be a pimp. Mm. Um. Uh, but I'm excited to watch this. Uh, I've been meaning to watch this since it came out in 2005. Yeah, same. Um, so tune in next week for Hustle and Flow. Uh, and uh, if you'd like to hear more of our show, you can go to gen- uh, patreon.com slash generation loss, where we will get to watch that movie uh, in Discord the Sunday before the episode comes out. Um, also, you'll get access to weekly bonus episodes, all the ones we've ever done. Uh, in the two years of this show. Um, and uh, we usually talk about the movie news. Sometimes we cover another movie. Sometimes we do big themes, and those are always real fun. Uh, we are nearing season three of The Sopranos that I will have to watch <laughs> once we reach 225. Um, so please go do that. Uh, yeah, so go to patreon.com slash generation loss and get that done. Otherwise, you can follow us on Twitter at GenLostPod and us individually from there. And we'll see you next time. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. We close our minds. We shut our traps. We built a house. The house collapsed. We sold the wood and bought the farm. And now we got a place in the turret in the backyard. This is weak.